Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Jesus. Welcome everybody to Two Guys in a Mic. This might be the happiest show you will ever see occur as we're streaming this thing. Now, we might get some bigger wins later, but for right now, I don't know that there's been a bigger win in Cleveland Browns history. Uh, so we are ecstatic. Like, well, at least, you know, you know, we, we got to we got to quantify that, at least in our lifetime. And that's and there you go. They, you know what I'm saying? In our lifetime. We've won championships before, and I know people don't know that or people are confused about what that means and stuff like that. So we've won championships in the past. But. I'm only 46, and Sean is only 46. So here we are going into our 47th year of life, and this could easily be the biggest win that either of us have seen. And if it if it wasn't the biggest win, it's the biggest win we've seen in a long damn time. And it feels like it could be the best win that's ever existed in history it, it, okay. it really is just just because of all the background the history um everything that comes with it the circumstances coming into the game on top of that with all the odds stacked against us yeah, right literally all the odds stacked against us losing That's right playing with two and a half offensive linemen and still losing them during the game and still figuring out a way to pull it out man That's so right. we are we are ecstatic right we're now stoked, I, mean, I'm, and we, I mean really we really don't know what to do with ourselves. I'm still kind of in shock. I I'm can't all over really, the place, man. I'm I all can't over. express myself the way I want to because everybody in my household is asleep right now. And if I really let loose, I will wake everybody up and they'll probably kick me out and I'll be somewhere in the street come <laughs> come later on this evening. So that's why I'm kind of bro. Hold up, real kind of subdued. This is how this is how off base we are. Let me introduce myself. <laughs> I'm RP, uh, Ron Pierce. I'm one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. This is a victory Sunday, man. We this just knocked off. Victory, victory. The damn still, finally, the damn still. It's been our nemesis from, only, uh, man, look, I can't even get my word. Not only did we beat these some bitches, this is like two or three folks. Not only did we beat these some bitches, we beat these some bitches. We beat them under man. We beat them in the playoffs, so y'all get to go home. For and we beat y'all with no coach. And we ended y'all season, man. Exactly. We ended y'all season. Y'all done, and when y'all got to go back and look at the books, guess who sent y'all home? Exactly. And the last two, and to give y'all some background on the history, the last two times we played, we made the playoffs, Pittsburgh put us out the following round. Yep. Um, the last time being in 2002, we had a huge lead in the fourth quarter or in the third quarter and blew it, which is one of the most disgusting. That game made me uh, so sick in my stomach. Dennis Northcutt. Yeah. Dennis Northcutt, who actually had a decent game that night. Yeah, dropped that third down pass, which gave him that life. third down pass. And then uh, Tommy Maddox went down. And, and uh, really, 
and since that game, Ron, it's been downhill. We've had since yeah. since that loss in two thousand and two. Yeah. The Browns have had uh, what fifteen out of seventeen losing seasons. Yep. Since then. Yep. That's crazy. And and the main corporate has been that dude sitting right behind RP right there, Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. He's been the 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 thorn in our side. Yep. For for because, seems like forever. Consider this: two losses to these guys every year in our division. You know what that means. Two losses in our division pretty much puts you in third place. That that equals you being in third place if you got two losses to one team. Because you're probably going to lose to the other team, at least one of those other teams once, right? Right. And the fact that I can even rattle that off and Sean don't even have to think about what I'm talking about, that's how impactful the AFC North uh, generally is on a regular basis. So let me break it down a little bit more for those of you who might be, you know, just a bit behind on what I'm saying. So as a, say a Browns or say the, the hell, you can name any team in this conference or excuse me, in this division. If the Steelers lose to the Ravens twice, the Steelers feel like in their own mind, oh, well, we might be the Browns and the and the, uh, Bengals twice, so that'll cover us, and we'll go forward too. That's how they feel. Now imagine they lose those two games and then lose a game to us. And they in their mind they're like, "This is bullshit." <laughs> and now they know they got to win every other game to get a better record than this. Right. Same thing with the Ravens. Same thing with the Browns. The Browns are like, "Yo." If we can split with those two guys, and we can split with the Ravens and uh, who are the two better teams in our division, let's just be honest. If we can split with the Steelers and we can split with the Ravens, we could probably beat the Bengals twice. And that changes our fortunes and that changes what our playoff outlook is. The problem has been we haven't been able to do that. We haven't no. been able to beat the Ravens. Uh, and if we did beat the Ravens <laughs> We damn sure ain't been able to beat the Steelers once. Yeah. And then we always screw up this one dumbass game, even though we're better than the Bengals. We always screw up that one dumbass game against them. And that keeps us out of the playoffs a lot of times. And the AFC North is traditionally known for fielding teams that are capable of winning the Super Bowl. So and we always have at least at least two teams out, out of our division go to the playoffs. Even in years yep. when yep. Andy Dalton and the, and the yep. Bengals were a little bit good, it either be the Bengals yep. and the Ravens go or the ba Bengals and the Steelers go. There's always two yep. teams. It's always two. Division. And this year we have three teams go. And we've and yep. we've also seen the Ravens and the Steelers play each other like in the AFC right. Championship right. games right. or in a divisional round. Like right. we've seen that multiple years since 2000. Like these are these are teams that have proven that they can win not just win games, but they can win playoff games and then go to the go deep in the playoffs, which is why it matters to us as Browns fans to beat these guys and compete in the division so that we can get to that point. Where I tell you what, man, if it wasn't for COVID right now, 
the bars and stuff downtown oh, would be packed. Man, people would be in the streets. Even though it's a playoff game, people would act like we damn near won a Super Listen, Bowl out there. It'd be so crazy downtown right now. My wife said, it's a damn shame that the Browns is about to win this game and can't nobody burn downtown up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, we still got a lot of more games. We got a, we got a lot of more games to sound like a clever lane. We got right. a lot of more. We ain't even close, <laughs> but this this is one of the best feelings and the best situations that we've been a part of uh, for a long time. Hell yeah, man. Because, I mean, I, like, I, like I said on last week's show, I'm sick of them. I'm sick of the, the city of Pittsburgh. I'm sick of the team. I'm sick of the fans. I'm sick of all of it. And I couldn't take for it sure. no more. For sure. I just couldn't for take sure. it no more. And I had a good feeling coming into the game. When I really sat down and thought about everything, I said Big Ben probably is not going to play that much better than what Mason Rudolph did because of his age. He's beat up a little bit. You said that last week. You you said that last week. I said, okay, we survived that. So I'm like, as long as we don't have, you know, COVID ravaging the team again and we're losing key players, like the defense, I didn't care about. We're losing guys on defense. Like I said before, that defense is going to be bad no matter who you put out there right now on the roster. Long as our offense is intact, we got Chubb, Hunt, Baker, the offensive line, and our receiver. I was like, we are good to go. And I felt good. And, and you see the outcome. We punched them in the mouth early, capitalized on the mistakes. That was key. Every time Pittsburgh made a mistake, we, we capitalized on it, scored a touchdown, punched them in the mouth. And that's something that I said in our uh, last week was, was the defense has to, to be smart. We can't do those double move bites. We have to be disciplined and we got to be opportunistic. Yep. And they did both actually, especially early. There were points later in the game where they kind of broke down. But again, we're talking about a team that's not that good. They're not that good. And our corners, I mean, we're we're talking about guys that probably wouldn't start nowhere in the NFL. Right. And I think Joe Woods, I hate this game. And I think Joe Woods was, his his philosophy was let them move the ball. I think he was trying to run out the clock. Keep everything underneath, and this is like we got to just weather the storm. He did, he did. And but the thing I was most, the thing I was most impressed the with, yeah, the thing I was most impressed with is that when stuff started looking bad and Pittsburgh's making a run, the 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 um, personality of the team is not to panic. And Baker, and that's not—I don't want to hear anybody else talk about Baker Mayfield not being a man because in that fourth quarter, he led three scoring drives. Well, we need to have them make clutch third quarter throws. Everybody's saying Baker can't pass from the pocket. Pittsburgh was taking away the, the play action bootlegs and he stood in the pocket we in those blitzes and he was making everything. Throws like Baker gave us, man. What's that? I said, we had to have everything Baker gave us. Exactly. And he showed leadership and him that Jarvis. Chuck, the guys that are the, the offensive leaders on that team, and when they had to make plays, they made plays down the stretch to put that game you know, away. And that's know, the thing I, I was most impressed with during the game. You know, and and and, and we're gonna we're gonna actually discuss the game a little bit more. We're not just gonna roundly talk about the game. Uh we'll get a little more details in a second, but you gotta give us a moment to <laughs> just because yeah, we're a mess. I'm I'm an emotional wreck right now. I literally 
uh, I could, we could have started the show probably uh, 20, 20, 30, maybe possibly even 40 minutes ago. There, but there was no way that I could because I didn't know, I couldn't sit down. My, my, my kids were like, they came downstairs. I was upstairs on, you know, on my first floor watching the game on the big screen uh, on the, on the 60 inch. So they're like, like they heard me screaming because they're getting ready to go to bed. But they heard me screaming because now we are 14 and nothing. My son, my, my 10 year old son comes downstairs. He goes, daddy, mommy just told me that the Browns are in a playoffs. I said, yeah, the Browns in the playoffs. He was like, I should probably watch this, huh? And I looked at him and I said, yeah, you got about 30 minutes for you need to go to bed. So you, know what? <laughs> you know what? You're absolutely right. You need to witness this. Because what do we, we talk about this often, Sean, that the younger uh, generation, they don't understand what you and I had. You and right. I saw the Browns in the playoffs all the time. The expectation, right. we were more pissed off when they didn't make it. You know, or those times when they did lose in the, in the wild card or whatever. We were like, man, why the hell they lose to these guys? Right. This generation. And I've had, uh, and trust me, I got people that say, hey, man, I got my son who's a, a junior in high school who never saw the Browns in the playoffs. You haven't. You haven't. Because it's been 18 years. So they never saw it before today. So I did what a lot of good, sound fathers do. Introduce, and my son has been introduced to it. But basically, you know, indoctrinate him into uh, this foolery that is being a right. fan. And he just sat there and he just watched. And he's like, he's like, Daddy, they, it looked like they're about to score again. They're about to score again, son. And, then, <laughs> and look, it was it was some of the best interactions in terms of being a Browns fan anyway that I've ever right. had with my son. It was so awesome, bro. Which is why I keep telling people, you guys don't understand what this means to Browns fans. This ain't just some, oh, we love the Browns. No, nah, man, this is this is a culture for us. This is real culture, which is why two guys in a mic is what two guys in a mic is. It's a culture, and there's only a few of us that get this culture. The reason that I let my son sit up for the last 30 minutes of him being up is because I'm like, you know what he going to say? If I pass away, I remember watching my first playoff game with my daddy. Right. I got to love the Browns after this. I got to. I watched him move around the damn living room. He wasn't even, listen, I wasn't even sitting down. <laughs> I was moving around like, damn, yeah, Browns. Right. Just going berserk. And in his mind, it looks crazy. But guess what he's going to do in 15 years when he's a grown-up? He's going to look at people like, yo, you don't love the Browns? And in his mind, back in the corner of his mind, he's going to be like, if you don't love the Browns, you don't love my daddy. Like, that's how this all plays out. I'm a Browns fan because of my grandmother. My grandmother, I'm an Ohio State fan because of my grandmother. 
I'm a Cavs fan because of my grandmother. Even when I didn't like the Cavs, I still like the Cavs because of my grandmother. So it's always that person that you love that introduces you to uh, those things. So this was an opportunity for me to introduce my son to something that he had never seen. Yeah, he's seen me. Actually, he's seen me more be frustrated with the Browns than he's seen me be right. happy. And be happy, right. And that's all it's been is frustration. Right, right. He's 10 years old. Right. So, of course, he ain't seen nothing but frustration in the last 10 years. So, I got to let him sit and, and be a part of this this uh, this good movement. So, yeah. having said all of that, first of all, before we get into uh, the rest of the itemized part of the show, bro, I don't know if you got a drink, man, but we got to have a goddamn drink. Yeah, I got a brew. We got to have a victory toast to... My Cleveland First playoff win yeah, to the Cleveland By Browns, drinking, the whole organization. The, the last playoff win I was in Anchorage, Alaska, bro. I was in Anchorage, Alaska. I, I was supposed to go to the game because my cousin had tickets to the game, but I couldn't get home until the next day. I didn't get home till that Monday. We were playing the Patriots, I believe. I actually actually went to the game. So shout out to uh, one of my other childhood friends, Chris Gleros, um, Cleveland Heights, that had the tickets. And he invited me. It was me, uh, I think my boy Desmond and his father, man, and uh, other other boy Jason Koontz at the time. We all went down there. Uh, So I can say, you know, before today that I did see the last um, Browns playoff victory. At least I got to see the last home playoff victory. Right. Um, believe it or not, America, at the time of that victory, Bill Belichick was our coach. And Vinny Testaverde, of all people, Vinny uh, was our quarterback. So imagine, it's been, um, what, that's Andre Risen was our number one receiver, too, by the way. No, Risen wasn't there yet. Risen he wasn't there. Next year. Next year. Oh, that's right. He, he had, man, we he had, it, it was Mark Carrier and he Michael Jackson. Right, Mark Carrier. I forgot about Mark Carrier. And Michael Jackson and, and Leroy Jackson. I remember Mike Jackson and them. Ernest Biner was on that team too. Yeah, he, he came, came back. back and wore number he twenty. Came back. Yeah, yeah, came back. So shout out to the Browns. Here's a toast. Shout out to the Browns. Victory Sunday. Playoff victory Sunday. That sounds good. And man, when I saw them come out today with that beautiful orange and white on, I was like, and man, the when they came out, as my dad would say, when they came out with them orange pants, <laughs> it, it look, it changed how I was thinking. Like in my mind, I'm like, you know, I'm like literally all day long. Cause and it's just, I told my wife this and my wife actually, shout out to my wife, uh, Sam, I appreciate you and love you so much. She literally left me alone. Cause I told her the Browns don't play till later in the day. And it's driving me nuts. This was a Friday. <laughs> I said that on Friday. Right. I said that on Friday. I didn't say that on today. I said it on Friday. The thought of waiting all day to watch yep. this dumbass game was driving me nuts. I told her that on Friday. And you know what she did today? She left me the hell alone. She just got out of the way. She just let me have, the, the, you know, like the TV. She wasn't like tripping and asking me crazy shit because she understood He's going through some stuff that we don't know. <laughs> That's because the game ain't on. Like I, I literally was like, 
all day. I'm like looking for stuff to do and looking right. for things to try to occupy my time. Uh, I ended up falling asleep. Now, yesterday, the day before, rather, uh, Saturday, I watched every game. I watched every play of every game. Today, because of my anxiety, I watched most of the first I mean, I probably watched about 75% of the first game. The second game, I was in and out only because I was like, I'm getting anxious. I just started getting too anxious, and I couldn't watch any football. And it's rough watching the Bears' offense anyway. And the you Bears, and listen, that game, the Bears for, that game was seven nothing for sixty-two uh, quarters. Exactly, it was driving me nuts. And then finally, uh, you know, the Saints were able to kind of break through a little bit, and I said, "Okay, I'm gonna go to sleep." And I did. I took a nap. I, I literally took a nap because I just couldn't do it. And I woke up like. Uh, 27 minutes before the game. <laughs> I, I woke up and I was like, I thought I had overslept and I turned and it, they were just starting uh, the pregame stuff. And that was, was a like, circumstance. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I'm good. I'm good. Like, this is perfect. And it, it, it perked me up. I was good. Right. So this is how incredible, you know, the Browns, people don't understand the Browns' power over people. This is real talk. This ain't fake. I'm not faking this. We've been doing this for over 30 years of our lives, right. allowing it to ruin us. We go exactly. to church back in the day, and we can't even enjoy church because in our mind, we're like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, as soon I'm as 1 o'clock hit, I was sneaking out of church to go and sit in the car and listen I used to get my mother's car keys or my father's car keys. I was like, what you need? I left some in the car and I'm out there listening to the radio and kick off. Because, <laughs> you know, for those of you who don't know, you go to a black Baptist church, you ain't getting out. Oh, if, oh if, my, you get out if you get out at 1.30, that's early. If you get out, look, and, and that's only early for the black church. That ain't early for the game because now we almost at the second quarter. Yeah, so exactly. you missed some things that didn't that you didn't get a chance to be a part of. And right. when you're real fans like Sean and I, that could be a problem for us. And, and, it's and I was supposed to go watch the game with, with some family. And I said, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to sit at home. I need to be in silence. Because you don't want to be distracted by what, what everybody yeah, else is doing. I love, I love my family. And it's fun watching the game with them. But I didn't want any negativity. I didn't want to hear, you know what I'm saying? Because you know how we are when we get together. You critique every throw. Everybody get all the emotion, the ups and downs. So, you know what? I need to just sit here and yep. watch the game. You know, kind of by myself in silence. And I didn't even, I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I just sat there and just watched the game. And well, the more we scored, the more we scored, the more my anxiety went up. For some reason, you would think you would make you laugh. Absolutely right. I went the berserk. More, the more we went up, the more my anxiety was kicking in. I went berserk. I ain't going to lie. I went berserk after the first touchdown. I went berserk after the first interception. I went berserk after the first uh, sack, after the first right. three out. Everything we did, I went berserk, and I was, like, pumped. And then it started getting to the point where you started looking. Like I was telling my cousin, I'm, I'm like, it's still early, bro. It's still really, like, nine minutes left in the damn. In the first quarter? I mean, it's like 21 enough. You know, it was crazy. I said, 
I said, so at this point, and this is what I told my cousin. I said, at this point, we scored 21 in the first half. It's, it's going to be 84 to nothing. <laughs> what game have you ever seen that was 84 to nothing? Never. It, it doesn't happen. Nope. It never happens that way. So we got to just relax. I told him, put your phone down, cuz. Uh, don't get on Facebook. Don't call nobody. And that's what I did. You, you see me. You listen, did. I, I did. I didn't too. text you. I didn't text you the whole game. It was a matter of I, fact. Listen, I didn't, I didn't text you. Only thing I did, and Sean got on me about this. Yeah. <laughs> I sure did. I was like, I can't I, believe this fool. I was, <laughs> I was like, I can't believe he's doing this right now. <laughs> and like, he going to jinx the whole thing. Like, this whole thing will come crumbling down because he decided he want to get cute and go on Facebook and IG Live in the middle of the game. I'm like, what are you doing? As soon as I saw it popped up, two guys are Mike is going loud. I'm like, bro, like you killing me right now. Listen, he, like, he, he was so mad. <laughs> it was like, man, you are killing me right now. But it wasn't like I was going live talking crazy. I you was on live telling people, hey man, here's what I need y'all to do. Cause I I watched people's uh, other people's Facebook. I watched other people's comments. So I'm like, no, y'all don't understand. This is a this is a long play. Y'all gotta stand down. It looks good. I like it. But y'all need to chill out. Everybody, relax. We still got a lot of football to play. Let's just let this thing play out. I was legitimately going on. And, and I'll say this too. Again, I gotta give a shout out to the wife. Cause she says to me, why y'all don't do a live like during the game. So in my mind, I was thinking like, like go live, like do the show during the game. Nah, because we wouldn't do a good show because we'd be so scattered. She says, no, you should just go live like during the game and just talk about certain parts of the game. It's only going to be, you only have to do this shit for like three minutes. So I was like, oh, okay. So of course we make the playoffs the next week. So or the, you know, so I'm like, all right, well, yeah. maybe I'll go live. And she goes, she goes, yeah, you should go live right now. Like, y'all ahead. So the Browns are ahead so far. You should probably just do like a real quick live. Oh, and if anybody don't know, shout out to Renegade. So that's the wife. Um, so I'm like, all right. I think today is a good day to do that because we're ahead. And this could be an opportunity for me to like look people in the face and say, don't get too excited. <laughs> and stop texting your Steeler friends, telling right. them or 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 Facebooking your Steeler friends. I haven't them. even I haven't texted or called or done I, anything to my Steeler fans yet. I, had I, wanted to, I wanted to set in, I wanted to burn. Listen, I had nothing. So there were a couple guys that know that I'm a, a, a Browns fan and I knew that they were Steelers fans other than Mark I mean and they kind of text me or, or or we talked on Facebook and I, I you know what they understood because they said one of the things that they knew about me as much as I hate the Steelers I've always been respectful so they were like super respectful they weren't like being the jerks that said oh, oh, oh we still got six Super Bowls but you still lost today who cares right. about the six Super Bowls tonight? You lost tonight. You're not going to get seven Super Bowls. You know why? 
because we whooped y'all ass. Right, we whooped y'all ass. Y'all going to be at so home. That's, exactly. you know, like these guys, the guys that I've talked to, they understood that, like, damn, dog, that sucks. But you guys, you know, y'all whooped our ass. So that's all good, man. Right. Now, one thing, you know what, one thing I did think about doing, and actually Corey had brought this up, um, and I didn't bring it up to you because I didn't think it would necessarily work because of how we want to do our platform. He was like, man, he was like, after Browns win, he said this about two weeks ago, he was like, y'all should just go live. And I thought about that today. I was like, you know, we could, you know, do our show, IG Live or whatnot. But what I didn't know is Kick Henry still recorded and upload that to the different, you know, streaming platforms that we use. That's the only reason why I didn't bring it up because I didn't think that they had to kick. Well, going live after the, after the game, here's my only take against that. I wouldn't, I'm not against it because the thing is, when you go live, you do at least get some interaction. Right. Yeah, right. You get interaction with like the, instant interaction. Again, the problem is, you know, uploading it to the YouTube and then uh, to the audio part of what we do. So there's a there's a, a little bit of a of a difficulty. We could probably right. uh, now, maybe, out. now, maybe what we can do is one of us just play around with live outside of the show. Yeah. And see, and see if we're able to you know, upload it or something like that. Well, and maybe what I was kind of trying to do today, just like play around outside okay. of it, that where it didn't affect the whole show and then go from there. So, all right, folks, let's, let's, let's get a little more structured here. And we just talking now. And I think a part of that is because we're so giddy. And so, and listen, there's no better shot on earth and this guy sitting behind oh, me man. crying like a little bitch. I posted it on Facebook, seeing him <laughs> had that look on his face, like Debo and snatched his chain. Uh, <laughs> and he had a little, that little yeah, tear coming down. His he, eye. Waited I like, his daddy, he waited on his daddy to come pick him up so he could I was like the nerve, the nerve of him to be sitting over there crying. Like all the misery that that man has caused me in, in my life. And you got the nerve to be sitting over there crying because we finally beat y'all. That's why I get out of here. I pull one of my best cigars out of my humidor, my Liga uh, Provada. It's one of the best cigars you ever gonna smoke in your life. This is why I pulled this out because of that dude right there. That look, that face, this situation, the Browns winning, the Browns being on top of this. And, and, and tomorrow, see, and, and I'm about to be petty all week. I'm oh, listening. Oh, 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 I'm listening. Oh, I'm listening to Pittsburgh Sports Radio in the morning, just so I can hear them lose their damn minds, and it's because we did. Oh, they gonna want to fire. Oh yeah, because you know what I heard. You know what I heard all day. You know what I heard all weekend, and it's Sean heard too. The reason that the Browns are gonna lose is because they don't have a head coach, and when you have Mike Tom, that's an automatic win. You don't have another head coach, a head qualified head coach on the other side. We've heard that all weekend. So they lost today. So now Steeler Nation is going to be looking to blame somebody. Is it Ben? Is it Juju Smith Schuster, who's a piece of shit and should just shut the fuck up at times and stop fucking talking? Because yeah, you let's, let's go ahead and get into that, man. Let's go ahead and get into the nuts and bolts of the game, man. 
You know, so let's get into the nuts. So let's start in the first quarter. So look, let's start before. Well, really, really, started. really, we, we got to go back like a, just a little bit before then. That's because. what I said. Let's start before the game started. Let's start yeah. before the game started. Let's talk so, about COVID-19 pretty much tearing COVID, the asshole out of our whole team. COVID or a, has or a been good a summer bitch for us for the last month. And that's not to say that it hasn't been a summer bitch for other teams. I'm not. Uh, in any way, shape, or form, attempting to say that we're worse off or that other teams haven't been affected by it because I know that other teams have. Uh, Denver was was kind of decimated by it. Screw uh, Denver. Uh, so has uh, the Ravens. So has, you know, everybody has had, them too. Uh, you know, a tough time. <laughs> right. No, 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 no. Listen, the reason I'm not ignoring you, bro, I hear you. I know, I got it. I don't care. But they don't care about us having an issue with it either. Exactly. So that's, and that's fair. Like, I'm, uh, that's fair. So, but nobody has lost their head coach because of it. Nobody has lost their offensive uh, line coach because of it. Lost, what, and, five coaches? And, and the offensive line assistant. So you don't even have all of your guys that could keep your guys together. Baker Mayfield said, man, I got introduced to a dude today that I hadn't seen, and he ended up having to play. Yep. So, as a matter of fact, we so, lost our, our Pro Bowl, our pro um, left tackle. Left tackle. So you and, had to have Kendall, Kendall Lamb had to come in and play for him. A matter of um, fact, that Joe Petonio, the left tackle in question, has been here the longest out of anybody else on the roster. So he he yeah. was waiting for the he was waiting to go to the playoffs, and yeah. now because of COVID, he couldn't he, he couldn't, couldn't play, play today. today. You know, he so that takes an emotional toll on your team. Now, on top of that, the facility has been closed because we kept having positive cases. We barely we barely, we didn't even practice. We, we had one practice. practice. We had one practice in the last we had two. One practice went to Pittsburgh. And they had like a walkthrough. That was it. And they had to travel separately. So they had they, they had to wait, fly wait, two they separate traveled, planes. They traveled three kind of separates. So you had the, the coaches on the bus, certain players on one plane. Yep. Certain other players on another plane. So you couldn't eat. There was no unity. There's nothing. And Kevin Stefanski, again. Here's what we talked about last week when we discussed uh, Kevin Stefanski. Yeah, I don't always like all the stuff that he calls, but I've I've understood how he's pulled this team together. We both have, um, and we've talked about it. He's pulled this team together, and he's made sure that this team was on one accord. And I think that that's the the fact that he wasn't there today shows you everything that we talked about because the coaching staff. Is an entire staff. It's a team. So missing this dude sucks, but it's still the same message from top to bottom. Didn't we just talk about that on the other day? When you're the coach and when you're the manager, you got to have the same talk from top to bottom. And when you see me and you don't normally see me, but I say the same thing that your position coach says, now you're like, oh, this is, this is what we all about. That's what's, what we're talking about. That's what we're seeing. And these are the things that are happening. Right. And then on top of that, um, Juju TikTok, 
dancing son of a bitch Schuster, Smith Schuster, opens his mouth and saying it's the same old Browns, there's no rivalry. All he sees is nameless great faces. I mean, he really just talking crimey. I mean, he going all the way in. The Browns is just the Browns and whatnot. You know what I'm saying? You don't say that type of stuff. Just, just to play disrespect like that before the game. Look, so and a team and a team as well coached and as well led as the Steelers are. That's one of the reasons why Antonio Brown ain't on the Steelers right now. Because that ain't how they get down. You could talk shit. Like you could be Joy Porter and talk shit on the field and try to fight people on the field and all that stuff. But Joy Porter, I'll tell you what Joy Porter ain't doing. Talking loud during uh, you know, the week leading up to the game. Joy Porter, I mean, listen, Joy Porter always had something to say, but he was never talking outside of what the team needed. Right. It was, it's a focus. Juju is a problem. And I'm going to say that. He's a talent, but he's a problem. You got to rein that dude in. Just the same thing I would say about anybody on the, on the, uh, and the Brown. players during the week, they were trying to walk back that statement, but you can't walk that back. No, he, he made said exactly what he said. He Listen, said way too I went much. In, I went in. I didn't even go crazy about what he said until I saw exactly what he said. I was like, nope, I'm not going crazy until I see exactly what this dude said. And once I saw exactly what he said, I was like, wow, okay. He ain't learned nothing from that whole don't dance on people's uh, – Logos, logos and stuff like that. You need to shut the fuck up, bro. Excuse my language, but man, you need to shut up. But I'm glad you said it. Now, not saying that you need, you should have to have something like that to motivate your team, but it doesn't hurt to add a little extra fuel. Oh, it, never hurt, bit, it never hurt. So for a little bit more lighter fluid on the fire. So so imagine, um, imagine, imagine Juju Smith Schuster feeling like. After Browns and they the same dude. Browns is the Browns. All that, you know, angle that he took. And the very first snap of the game, the two most congruent cats in the probably in the NFL, uh, you know, uh, Marcus Pouncey and uh, 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 Roethlisberger. And what I mean by most congruent, these dudes have took more snaps than most people have ever played in NFL. They miss, they just completely and totally miscued on uh, the snap. We end up with a touchdown off that. That changes everything. Yeah, we only up seven and they can, you know, they could probably go down and score 14 real quick. They could, could happen. But when that happened, you know what I said? Oh, this game about to be different. Yeah, definitely. I said, this game about to be different. Because they thought they was about to go down and go up seven. And now we up seven. Then, then, on the next drive, Ben throws an awful, not, not even like a, this dude just read it and picked, man, he threw an awful interception. And we said he was going to do that too. We said he was going to turn the over. Didn't I say that? 
He's I, we, a we all that's what we're saying. You got to capitalize, and we did. But and, that, and that's and now that, that's exactly where I was getting ready to go, because it was about capitalization. You have to be able to pick those balls off when they float up, and, and you know stuff like that. You got to make that catch. You got to be in those spots when it come off that dude's hands, and it's right in your pocket. You got to pick that thing off. Uh, the Browns were capable of doing that. And it just set us up for other stuff. And then what did we see? They had all their new guys in there. Casey Hampton, <laughs> who actually is Cam Jordan. <laughs> I said Casey Hampton last week for those folks who don't understand where this joke, that was a joke. Uh, all these guys were in there. Uh, TJ Watt was in there. Devon Tewitt was in there. Hey, Steph Tewitt was in there. And as soon as they handed this thing off to my man, he ripped off 27 yards. Ripped off. To, he didn't get touched until the 25th yard. Like went straight through. Like boom, 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 boom. Next thing you know, he down the field. Then they handed it off to him again. And guess what? He did the exact same thing again. The, 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 my problem with the play calling is, again, we went away from a run early, not late. We went away from the run early. Just keep running the ball and keep allowing the run to set up the pass. We yeah, went I, away I didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with the play calling today. Today I, I didn't that, uh, necessarily. Yeah. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Because the way Pittsburgh plays defense, they had no. I was. I didn't walk away from this game like, what were they doing? I never did because they had to pass just to loosen them up. Because the way Pittsburgh was being aggressive, you got to keep them because because Chubb had a lot of zero game, you know, runs. Of course they did because they they started running heavy, and then, like I said, if you recall when I when I said what I said uh, on my Facebook page. I noticed that they're running a certain kind of way away from TJ Watt. And TJ is just running down the line. He understands yeah, right, right, y'all right. gonna run. So if he's gonna run down the line, the bootleg is open. And if he's gonna run down the line, so is the screen. And literally, as I said, that what happened. The touchdown. That was one of the drives in the fourth fourth quarter. To yep. stay off because Pittsburgh was making that run and they were, man, they was on fire, um, making that comeback, and that pretty much squashed it right there. That pretty much sealed the game, and that's what you do against an overly aggressive defense. You need to do that more. You, know, you have to. Do that. We don't do it enough. Chubb and Hunt in space are. You don't. They're they're actually equivalent to. Uh, what's my man name in uh in in uh in in, in Baltimore? What's their quarterback name? Uh, uh, friggin', they're the same. Cause when they're in space, you don't. Especially if you like one dude trying to attack. Oh yeah, it's, it's one dude in space. And, we did, and, and what we did do more of, we did use them in the flat a lot. 
on some big plays. And that's that the drive on. So there was a couple plays where we did an inner flat and he went to the tight end. Uh, and I'm gonna say something real quick because Hooper has been dropping a lot of passes lately. Um there was a couple plays where he went to Hooper, but he had Hunt, and had he hit Hunt, or had he hit one a couple two three times, he could have hit. Hooper had a weird game because Hooper dropped a lot of passes, but he damn sure had some big catches. He has a big catch in that fourth quarter, uh, and he had a touchdown catch. So, but yeah, but he had. He had points, as a matter of fact, really in the first quarter. In the first quarter, we and we had a lot of drops, man. Higgins had dropped a couple. Oh, Higgins had a bunch of drops today. I don't know what yeah, Hooper had dropped. I don't know what Higgins was doing today, man. Higgins was dropping a bunch of balls. I was a little bit pissed off with Higgins. Uh, you can't have a name Hollywood if you're gonna be a ball dropper, dog. <laughs> and that's not normally his mo, man. I ain't gonna. It's not. It's not. That's, that's normally that's not his mo. mo. I'm not. I listen, and I, and I think sometimes people think. That I be coming, and I, I've said that before. And I think people, uh, I put up a picture today, and people were like, "No, man, the Browns fine." Y'all missing where I'm coming from with the picture, bro. What I'm saying is, man, we can't have no fear. No, sure can't, and we did. Old school Browns didn't have no fear. We went in the games, and so I'm gonna tell you this. There was never a game that we thought the Browns should have lost back in the day. No, it wasn't. We thought to ourselves, if Hanford is there, if Barney is there, if Kevin Mack is there, if Biner is there, if Slaughter, oh, wow, we win in that game. The only team I feared, and I'm going to be completely honest, was Denver. That's I it. hate it. I hated going in the, in the Mile High Stadium back then. I couldn't. I hated it, too. it was so it was so hard to win in that place. And John Elway was just just like like Big Ben in the, in a sense, you know, he wasn't yeah. on the division or anything like that. But it's just somebody that we could never get over the hump. Here's something else too, uh, Ron, to think about. Out of all the nemesis that we've had in Cleveland sports, from Michael Jordan to John Elway. Um, trying to think who else in baseball. Who was the Indians' nemesis in baseball? Somebody that we like, maybe oh, some of the Yankees. Uh, Martinez, uh, from from Boston. Uh, oh, Pedro. Pedro, yeah, yeah. Pedro, um, remember when Pedro came out the bullpen and beat us? <laughs> man, with, with with throwing the ball 70, 75 miles an hour. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. Like David Wells, like those David guys. Wells. But we never was able to get revenge on those guys. Those guys either just went away, you know, kind of retired or yeah, whatever. This is the first yeah. time that we can say that we got revenge on one of our we never got revenge on Michael Jordan for all those times. No, we never beat the Cavs. We we just never. we just had the hope that he just went away, and he did. You know, thankfully. But you're right. When has that happened, especially on the football field? And this is why this game was so important because we hadn't beaten Big Ben anything mm. mean, meaningful. Now we can say we actually got over that hump and exercised that demon because we beat him in his home stadium. Yeah. They were the favorites. And it was him. And it was, and him. It was him. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't Mason Rudolph. It was him. 
It was him. We beat him. He threw four interceptions. Wasn't Mason Rudolph. Should have thrown six. He probably could have held on to the damn ball. He should have thrown six. Yep. Yep. You're right. So for those who so so for our two listeners outside of Cleveland, that's <laughs> why this was such a big deal. So that's because you know that that man has made some of the biggest comebacks. We thought we had him beat, has pulled some miracle games out of his behind and just crushed mm. it. I've told people this one story more than like multiple times in my life because it was so unbelievable. And people still think it's kind of a tall tale. And Sean knows what I mean when I say a tall tale. We grew up in a different generation. So we, we've grown up in one of those periods where <laughs> the audio stuff is way more important than the, the visual stuff. Right. So here's what a tall tale is. Tall tales are, you know, things that people bring to you that are kind of, they're, they're fictional in certain senses, but there's things in the fiction that are absolute fact. That's what a tall tale is. Am I correct in that definition? Yeah, it's like, 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 like you have a story that's partly true, but it's overly exaggerated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a lot of exaggeration in the story. Make it to like like you pretty much embellish to make whoever the main character is in your story like like a superhero or whatever. So that's kind of like that's kind of like Johnny Appleseed. That's kind of like Paul Bunyan's name, Paul Bunyan and Babe, and all of that stuff. So you you embellish at least a little bit. So everybody thinks when I talk about this one specific game that I'm embellishing, I'm telling you the guys that it's true. It rained, it snowed, it hailed, it sleeted. I had pockets of water in, in my coat. We were ahead of these sons of bitches 21 to seven going into the third quarter. They scored like a fluke touchdown. We scored like, a, we scored another touchdown and then but Ben didn't have a great game going into the fourth quarter. Ben had thrown for maybe 122 yards. This piece of shit commenced the throwing for uh, 227 yards and two touchdowns. Like this, just in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter. It was crazy. And scored a touchdown coming towards the end zone. I was sitting in I'm like and I'm with Stover by the way I'm I'm in the Ismo and I invited him I brought him I paid for the ticket so I'm pissed I don't get nothing out of this I get to ride home with this piece of shit right after because he kept saying the whole time he said oh well I mean it's still early you gotta let Ben be Ben man fuck Ben Fuck him. Nope. Gotta let Ben be Ben. And I mean to tell you, this son of a bitch was incredible in the fourth quarter. I never, I've never said this. This has been about probably about uh 10 years now. But I never let this out. That dude was incredible in the fucking fourth quarter. Incredible, bro. Remember that game? And they got help from the refs with these made oh. up these made up rules they was making up as the game went on. Are you kidding me? The referees were awful in that game. And, and so I'm with you. 
The referee this fool had the nerve. He was a dude on my Facebook page had the nerve to say that because the, the Browns are like so-called America's team and people kind of rooting for us, everything that was going on, that if the Browns win this game, they're gonna get a lot of help from the rest. And I'm like, dude, Who, I watched the Browns. Right, exactly. I said, dude, I watched the Browns for 41 years. Do he we've know the Browns? Never, he talking huh? about these Browns? Right. I said, we've never gotten help from the refs, ever. He was like, man, so you mean to tell me all the times so every every single game that you've watched, the Browns have never got help to win a game from the refs? I'm like, no. <laughs> we've, we've gotten favorable calls during the game, but never a call that helped us what? win the game at the end. I was like, are you crazy? You're like, no. no we never not, got when a call not when it mattered. Not when it mattered. Listen, we are, we are the equivalent of the New Orleans Saints. You know how the Saints just get screwed out of games, right? At that time. that's us. Listen, the the, the 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 Saints are the NFC version of the of the Browns, and here's what I mean when I say that. Because there's times when, if I ask Sean right now, hey, did uh did Denver make that field goal uh, during the drive, bro? No. You <laughs> should. See, it's not this. And we talking about, that was in 86, 87. Did they make that? You sure they didn't make that field goal, bro? The referees know he didn't make it. <laughs> see? The, the players are running around like he didn't make it. Like one, one referee, one referee didn't even put his hands up. He was looking at the other one. The other one was like, listen, we got a flight to catch it. It's cold. It's listen. good. Let's go. Listen. You know, listen. so. Listen, I'm like, like he had the, the gaudy audacity saying that we y'all gonna get some help. No, I was like, man, please. Don't nobody love Cleveland. Man, no help. Matter of fact, I don't think they how many penalties did they call on Pittsburgh? They only called like maybe like three or four. It wasn't a whole lot. It wasn't a lot at all. I barely you know, remember any. No, but, it wasn't no they, there were no questions. That's that's one thing this is a great legit as man. Cleveland fans. We don't waste our time uh, waiting on the on the referees to make the right calls and all that shit. Because there's there's times when they should have made better calls. Yeah. There's times when they if just people, if you think about it, they made two really bad calls today on that today? that um on that fourth and goal or fourth and one. John Connor didn't get in. He was short. He was short as hell. Listen, they listen, didn't even try to review. Listen, it was under two that minutes. Dude, that dude, when I saw the spot. I said, man, are they kidding me? <laughs> right. That dude got stopped a yard behind where he ended up. Whole body was back here. He just kind of rolled over the line. I just, see, I just see the ref. I see the ref running up the line. I saw him running up the line. I said, and even, and, and, and I'll be honest with you, it was another third and one or third and two that they actually got close to. But because of the spot, the referee put, I said, man, that dude didn't put that ball that far. He got close, but he didn't get that damn, he no. put it over the line. And then there's another one in the, in, in you know, at the end of the half where um, the, the, the clock, the timekeeper in Pittsburgh cheated. Bro, it was 10 they, seconds to they go. They ran the whole play and it, and it ran off one second. They ran off what? Listen, it was so ridiculous because I thought I was tripping. I thought it was me. 
Like in my mind, I said, I said, damn, they ain't even moved the clock. And then I heard Al Michaels say, I heard Al Michaels say, well, that can't be right. Right. You know, boom, boom, boom. And they started the the whole, uh, him and Chris Collinsworth started going in about that stuff. And then they was just talking about, oh, we just gonna run off five seconds. Man, if you don't reset that whole entire play. Right, And, and on top of that, Claypool got tackled inbounds. They had us and they called him out of it and they let them get that cheap field goal. No, they, he was inbound, man. That was a that, his body was inbounds. And that's what I'm saying. Like, if the body, which is what Al Michaels kept saying, like, well, if he got tackled inbounds, how does the how does the clock not keep running? But y'all only gonna take off five seconds and they still get to set up for themselves. Oh my god. Right. So I'm talking about so no, we don't get help. So, like so the referees me. are always against us. Ain't nobody helping us. And guess what? When we get to Arrowhead next week, it's us against the world. It sure is. Because they're not giving us no help. They're and not going to nobody gave us a chance this game against Pittsburgh. Ain't nobody giving us a chance against KC. That that line is going to be probably about 11 and good. About 10 to 13. I was going to, I, I was about to say 11 and a half. I think that's a fair line. Yeah, but between 10 and say between 10 and 13. Yeah, it's because our raggedy it's ass defense. Cause they gonna, I mean, and listen, and let's be honest, our defense isn't that good, and we're when we're dealing with an uh, offense that has uh, multiple plays, like they can do a lot. So it's it's gonna be uh, difficult to deal with those guys. But hopefully, hopefully, prayerfully, we'll have more guys back uh, on the team. Because, well, let's hope that COVID doesn't like take any more guys. Well, that's away. what I mean. Like I hope yeah, I hope we'll have guys back, and I hope everybody will be you know healthy enough to be on the field. So, um, but as we start to look at this game, or as we talk more about the actual game that happened today, there's some things that I know going forward we can't keep doing. Uh, this guy Robert Jackson, number thirty-four. Oh. Quarterback for the Cleveland Browns, sir. You are awful. <laughs> I mean, you are awful. Like you're not good. You are not good. Like not good at all. He's out of position too. He's not supposed to even be out there. No, he shouldn't. Yeah. Listen, listen. And I'm not. I I, I can't argue that point. I, if I could argue that point and say he was awful because he just was an awful cornerback, I would. But we've said that about a bunch of guys on this squad. You know, guys that had to just play because of injury. Guys that just had to play uh, because of the COVID and stuff like that. There's He's a bunch of people. Part of it, like Joe Will's scheme wasn't all that kosher today either. Letting them do just run free. I mean, because Pittsburgh down there had like 600 yards of total offense today. They did. You know, so, but I mean, a lot of that just due to them, you know, being behind, having to throw the ball and just this philosophy of we're going to let them do that and just run the clock down, you know, let them but waste that was time. Bad. It was only bad. It was only bad because of how the game started. Right. Hey, but you now, know, here's what, know, here's what, what I noticed. Know. You know Go what ahead. I noticed? What? As bad as the personnel is on defense, when they switched up, because remember, so after Pittsburgh came back a little bit, 
we kind of got out of that prevent or whatever we was in and kind of went back more aggressive. Mm-hmm. When, we went, when we went back to doing that, we was doing all right. But you've said that for weeks, bro. Here's, here's, you know how that first interception happened? It happened because we actually blitzed. Right. And we I said, understand you can't do that the whole game. I understand you can't I, leave balls off the understand whole understand game. That. You gotta listen, just mix it. We all understand that. And here's 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 where I'm going with what I'm saying. You said this weeks ago. And you weren't even talking about Big Ben. You were talking about just other quarterbacks in general. We gotta like I, I you know, you have to. Who, first of all, just in general, analytically, since we're an analytical team, what quarterback does good against blitzes? Most don't. No. So if I'm a seventy percent quarterback, seventy to sixty percent quarterback and then you put a little bit of pressure on me I'm probably right around about 55 percent even the best guys 55 to 60 percent right yep that's any quarterback in the goddamn league so why aren't you blitzing when it gets to certain points and certain plays yeah because I tell you what man um if you don't disrupt Casey's timing at all and just let them just run around willingly the way we was letting Pittsburgh run around in that third quarter, it's going to be a long... Well, I'll tell you something else. And I got to give... I got to give my guy, number 94, uh, some love. He really played a great game today. Um, It was crazy how, how good of a game he played. Like, Ninety four. He, he made uh, what's uh, hold on a second. I'm about to call it out right now because I'm looking him up. Oh shoot! Hold on. Oh, you talking about uh, Adrian Claiborne? Adrian Claiborne, the Adrian. defensive lineman. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Adrian Claiborne played one of the best games I've seen. Uh, guys play in in a in a backup role. Nope, he didn't get any tackles. Nope, he didn't get any sacks. But he had so much back end pressure on Ben that again, you gotta have that kind of pressure. Not just on Ben, you gotta have that on uh, you know going forward against uh, KC too. You can't allow this dude to just, you know, uh, throw wherever, however, and fill his own little spots. Patrick Mahomes is a former MVP. Could have won MVP last year. Might win MVP this year. You have to, you know, and we'll talk more about this in the middle of the week about this game. I don't want to get too deep into that. But it's because it, it'll be a lot to unpack when we do our, our uh, you know, you have to that game, our pregame. These guys, these guys played a really good game today against uh, Ben, but now you got a different kind of, of, of issue in front of you. 
So what they did really well against Ben today, I don't know if that'll work all the time against, you know, Pat, but definitely you have to think about, I, I feel like Joe Woods knows his team and their and the team's capabilities. I remember earlier in the year you gave me grief because I gave Joe Woods an out. I gave him an out. I said, well, he don't have all his guys, blah, blah, blah. He was like, that don't matter. He got to figure out who he got. He got to play better. And let's be honest, whether you were right or wrong about that at that point, I'll be honest, you were right about that. You got to play better and you got to figure it out. So I've, I've not given him that same, you know, uh, you know, out that he don't have his guys. And I'll tell you the truth, early on, these guys looked awesome. Middle of the game, I was very suspect about what he was called. Yeah, because he he went into, it wasn't a full prevent, it was like a baby prevent. Yep. yep. And I hate that, because all the prevent does is prevent you from winning. And that's why, I, you know, I had mentioned earlier about how Baker Giving a shout out to him because when we needed him, man, he had to squat. He had to, to, to pretty much stop the bleeding, and he had three long drives too that took up some clock. Got a touchdown and two field goals. Shout out to Cody Parkey too. We get we give him grief, so we got to give him a shout out. Um, yeah, hey, does, but he made all those extra points and made his field goals. Cody so, Parkey, thank you for doing your job. Yeah, exactly. Thank you for making those because guess what. You know, yeah, I know some people will hear me say that and be like, oh, he's still being an asshole. No, listen, when you're one job, like if you're the guy that you're on the field when a technical foul happens in basketball, guess what? You're the best free throw shooter, right? So you got to hit that free throw. Like that's your whole, that's the whole purpose of you being out there. Because you're the, the best free throw shooter on the field, on the court rather. And now I gotta just all I gotta do is line up and hit this free, this free one free throw. Same thing with Cody Parking. Dude, I just need you to hit that, especially the ones that they put you in range for. Just hit this thing and let's keep it moving. And now it's all simple for everybody. And ain't no pressure on you at that point. So you you only put more pressure on yourself when you miss these field goals. Just like with, with uh, Baker. Baker only puts more pressure on himself when he misses passes. Or when people drop passes or whatever. You know what I mean? It's a process. The whole thing is a process. The good part is the Browns were able to figure this thing out today. Um, and really, too, something else to think about, too, man. Um, because of the way that we were scoring, um, you know, off turnovers and stuff like that, we didn't have a lot of offensive possessions in the first half. Nope. So when you so when you look at the stat book, that's, you may that's see something to think about too. Yeah, you right. may see Chubb only having 18 carries. Well, you know, for the most part, we, we didn't have the ball. Yeah, we, we didn't, we didn't. yeah. But I, but I thought we used our running game effectively with both him and um, well, Kareem. Okay. They still had over 130 yards rushing. Now, think about this, Sean. The good part is you haven't heard me say or you haven't even heard you say 
we had issues with what was being called. Now there were there was a point where the offense went a little stale. Yeah. Just like the defense went a little stale. And I expected it, but I thought it should have been a little more run heavy, but that's what they did. And the defense, uh, you know, adjusted to that. So you started, that's why I started calling for certain things was because you saw the defense, you know, really start to overplay the run. And I'm thinking to myself like, oh, well, if I'm going to see TJ Watt just collapse towards the run, that's a good play fake. Right. Or, or that's a you know a good little little screen. Right. And I and literally the next maybe the next drive we had, we threw that screen play and you saw Chubb in space, something that I've been calling for all year. And if you go back to our show, you'll hear me call for space for uh Jarvis Landry. You'll call right. you'll hear me call for space for OBJ and for uh, Hunt and uh for my guy uh uh Chubb. When you get these guys in space, it's a different game. So now you put this dude in space. Next thing I know, they he catches it and he runs. 35 yards for a touchdown for no reason. And that basically iced the game. That was that iced the game. That was was it. it. That was basically it. That put us up what 42 to 19 or something like that, that or 23. That was it. Definitely. So and all I'm saying is it's not that I'm some smart, it's not that Sean is some smart. You know, we know more than the guy that's getting paid, you know, two, three million dollars a year who coaches the team. We're not, we're not saying that. One thing that Sean said, and one thing that Corey said too, kind of to back up what Sean said, football is simple. You just gotta watch it. And once you start watching it, you can see how to how to offset certain things. Right. A lot of lot of coaches overthink like classic example was yesterday during that buffalo indianapolis game literally indianapolis's coach cost them that football game mm-hmm. overthinking the situations one by not going for a field goal which would have i think would have like put them within three at the time that put them within and, three. Two, and they went for a two-point conversion when they had no business going for a two-point conversion at that time of the game and even though indianapolis still had a chance to win it just kept them like behind the eight ball where they're just climbing up a hill. Yeah, like now, like, like, like you're not, you putting pressure on yourself. You're not putting pressure on the other team. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of how that plays out, which is what my fear, I, I know you were saying when you were watching the game, that you had this feeling of, you know, do I celebrate? And I did too. I said the same thing. Do I celebrate or do I get nervous? Because yeah. you get to a certain point when you were ahead, like and you know what? And it wasn't that I didn't want to cheer when he scored a touchdown. I was just locked in. That's how important this game was. Like my whole mental just had me. I had to. I was just reserved. I was like, you know, you know. So I ain't gonna say that we shouldn't have been celebrating when we were scoring. By no means. I just said me personally, I wasn't, and it wasn't because I was nervous. I'll I was tell you just what. locked in. Like I wanted this game. You know what I'll I'm tell saying? You what. I was I was nervous. 
So maybe it was just me. And I was nervous from a standpoint of, yeah, I know we up 21 or nothing. It's the middle of the first quarter. Yeah, you know, not, right. I can't. I can't. Right. And like I said before, I did have anxiety. I just, I just wanted to make the point that the reason for me not celebrating and yelling and screaming when we were scoring wasn't because I was nervous. I was just locked, you know what I'm saying? I was just locked into the game, just period. I just was in that that particular mode. I was like, this is business. Let's just get this, you know, this win. Like, that's how bad I, I wanted it, man. So it was important not only for the team, it was important for the city, for the psyche of the, of the I just city. Stayed, I just stayed chill. I get it. Like, in my mind, I was like, nah, I'm just going to be cool. Uh, I like I said, I told my cousin, "Yo, get off Facebook, man. We you you can't you can't get on Facebook and start talking crazy, and then these guys start coming back, and and then we end up losing. Because if we end up losing, you got to take all that on the chin. Exactly, it's just a lot to take on the chin. So." I was like, nah, I'm going to stand back. I, I I can't even believe what's happening. Now, of course, early on, very start, I was talking a little bit, but then I was like, wait a minute. We we ain't even out the first quarter. I'm cool. And I had a Steeler fan text me and tell me, oh, oh you guys are, ah, I don't want to hear that. Oh, you guys are, nope, nope. We'll wait. I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. Because we've been here before. We've seen the drive. We've seen the fumble. I'm I'm just going to wait. I'm going to wait. And you know what? To me, look, I watched that game game right now. This this is going to be like an overreaction, probably over-exaggeration. But to me, this win erases those right now. Uh, I think I think it because uh, we, no, it doesn't. It, but to me, it, well, 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 well. Let me say this: you can't never erase history. But what I mean is, at a certain point in time, just in life, when you have setbacks and you have things that are kind of traumatic, at some point you have to let those go because if you keep dwelling on that. This just like how we go up 28 nothing and we're still nervous. That's because we're still traumatized by what's happened in the past. You know what I'm saying? So are you wrong for that though? No, but at some point when you're trying to make that next step, as a sitting now the Browns as a team, they probably don't even think. I mean, because they they didn't they didn't go through that as well, a they team. Didn't go, yeah, that wasn't nature. They weren't, but that wasn't them. That ain't but, their trauma per se. But even then, but even then, you still have to at some point bury it because I'm tired of dwelling on it. You know what I'm saying? No, no, I don't get tired of it. It's no, also at some point. Go ahead. At some, point, at some point, you got to just be like, you know, for you know, damn that, forget that. That's over with, and that's thirty years I mean, ago. We're still look, traumatized by it. I get that, but I'm a fan. I'm not a player. But I also think that there's value in a player uh, giving two shits about that kind of stuff because you could easily say, and I've heard people say this, and I take it personal though. 
I've heard people say, oh, no, you know, that happened before I got here, so that don't matter to me. It should. Because no, but they, they're supposed to say that, though. I, listen, man, that's bullshit to me. It's history. It is what happened, and I get it. I understand why you said that, but if I understand why you said that, you know what else I need to understand? But they know my goddamn history. No, but but they know because because Baker even came out last week after the game and he was saying I was watching a montage on the screen with Brian Sipe and Bernie Kozar and he was showing some of the highlights and I understand the history. So but so so, but that's what I'm saying. Like you, so, can't, so they get it. That, and that's why. But you got to say that too. You can't act like that. Like no. I'm some nutcase or I'm some no. weird dude that needs to be off over there. No, I don't. I don't think they're saying that the fans are nutcase. But I think the, like when Baker got here and they were saying, "Well, you got the stigma of coming into an on sixteen team." He can't be no. If, when you're the quarterback and the leader. You can't be like, that's what we are. It's like we can't be well, that. Well, you ain't gotta say that that's what we are. I'm not you saying that you got to they, they, they understood. What that's I'm why is you have to embrace why. some of that. You got to right. at well, least look at that and say to yourself, like, yo, listen, that ain't what we want to continue to be. Right. And they know like, because look, you didn't you didn't contribute to that, but damn, I don't want to keep being that. Right. So let's figure a way to get beyond that. I'm fine. And that's why when they won the first game, that game against the Jets, you could see the relief and the adulation on the team because they, oh, they, knew, they, they knew what that meant. Well, but sometimes, you know, but, but you got, but you got coach been, speak. Man. Yeah, you got coach speak. You got player speak. But I think those players know what, what everything means to, to the city. Or at least if they didn't, they starting to get it now. Um, because as much as we want the, the 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 players to be as invested as we are. A lot of times they're not, depending on the player. A lot of those guys out there to get in a paycheck. You know what I'm well, saying? If you I mean, have, yeah, but yeah, I think it's, that it's crazy how winning changes that whole perspective. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you a guy that are you know you just I only wanted to you know, you know catch this check. I'm a vet. I'm getting the vet minimum here, or they gave me a little bit over the vet minimum because I got this one defensive coach who likes me. But not only did I come here and get a few extra dollars, these cats is actually better than we thought they were going to be. So now you play harder. And that's like winning changes everything. Winning changes how you understand the legacy and 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 the and the bullshit that has been what the Cleveland Browns are. It changes all of that. So you gotta start winning. And we've talked about that. You when you hit the, the damn uh practice field and you start winning, even if what this guy's saying to you is the dumbest shit you ever heard in your life, once you start winning. The dumbest shit that somebody says to you starts making sense. Because now we're winning. Now it's, oh, listen, ain't nobody in that goddamn building that has the, the label of coach that these guys ain't listening to right now. They're listening to them. They're buying into the whole system as they should. 
Why? Because we 11 and 5, and now with this win today, 12 and 5. We 12 and 5. Now, will we win next week? We don't know, and probably not. The point I'm making is The, the the entirety of that team has to believe in the people that they got on that field. And I think that that's what's happening. I see a congruency of these guys believing in these guys. And that's why I was like, I don't know that not having this dude. I told guys this during the week. They were like, oh, I, I've seen you give the coach so much grief. So why are you concerned about the coach not being? I didn't say I was concerned about the coach. I said I was concerned about Joe Petonio. And, you know, I'm more concerned about the players not playing, not about the coaches not coaching. Because if you got the same idea, we can still push the same idea. Right. But you just got to get guys that are going to be executional on the field. Right. That's where I'm. That's where my issue is. Can you get guys that can execute on the field? I don't. And it's not to say that I don't care about uh, Kevin uh, Stefanski not being on the field. It's not that. I'm not saying that. While we don't always agree with how he calls a game, trust me, I understand what the congruency of a coach being there and calling a play a certain kind of way. I know what that means. There's a congruency in that. There's an, an equivalence that's in that. Exactly. So you need to have that. Even if this dude is the worst dude ever, you got to have it, right? You exactly. got to have it. So it's, it has nothing to do with that because no matter how great he is in expelling that situation, you still got to have players that not only play the way that this dude is telling you to play, but execute the exact way that he's telling you to execute. Like, it's a difference. It's a big fucking difference. And sometimes people misunderstand me when I have issues with our coaches. My issues with our coaches aren't what happens upstairs and what happens on the smaller levels and then what happens on the field levels. My issues with our coaches is sometimes there's plays that you leave on the field. The same thing we were talking about or one of my friends and I were talking about with, with uh, say, Chicago. Same thing we were talking about with one of those other games. You, at some point, have to make those plays. But that's execution. That's not coaching. If the coach puts it out there, you got to execute it. Exactly. And you got to make it happen. So we've been fortunate this year to actually be in a spot where we're, you know, executing in a spot where we can get ourselves to a goddamn divisional playoff game. When is the last time we've been to a divisional playoff game? 1994. Thank you. We haven't been here in a long time. 1994, I was in uh, Anchorage, Alaska. I was. I remember that. 
And I remember like trying to get away from other people because they thought, oh, you should come. Now, this is back in the day, 94, where you don't have a fire stick or where you don't have YouTube right. TV or you don't have uh, uh, the, what they call that, where you buy the, uh, the whole NFL, the ticket. The Sunday you ticket. ticket. You don't have no ticket. You got to hope that they playing that game. And they were playing the game and I had to wake up. I was in Alaska. I had to wake up at 8.30 to watch a nine o'clock game. I was four hours behind. It was crazy. Because I had to, and I also had to, actually I had to wake up earlier because I needed to make sure I was in there before somebody else got in there to watch yeah, the TV. You got the TV, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, so okay. when people tell me I'm some fair weather Browns fan. No, I don't think anybody ever had the audacity to call me that. Miss they better me. not. Miss me yeah, with that know. fair weather bullshit. Right. Ever, I've I had somebody call me a, uh, you know, a fair weather Cavs fan one time. It was like, are you still a Cavs fan when LeBron Lee? I was like, man, I've been a Cavs fan since 1981. We had world be free and john bagley and phil hubbard and all those bums <laughs> i so like those don't insult me we're gonna talk about the Cavs, and we're gonna do that real quick sean remembers when i wasn't a Cavs fan because i wasn't always a Cavs fan. i was i loved magic uh johnson and i was a super laker fan back in the day yeah and i hated it i hated it <laughs> i couldn't stand it it, oh, it, it, honestly, man, it really ain't too much to talk about the Cavs right now because they pretty much put in a G League squad well, with all the injuries that they got right now. But that don't mean that don't mean anything for your fandom. So, Sean had when we talk about how people are fans or how how our you know rent, uh, our two one six you know situation sets up or how I'm mad at people because they don't want to be, you know, Cavs slash Indians slash Browns fans. Because sometimes I get mad at people who don't want to, you know, uh, do that. They're like, oh, I've never been an Indians fan, so I've always rooted for the... I, I get irritated anymore in my older age. But I rooted for other teams in my younger age. Sean has never rooted for any teams outside of uh, the land. Never. Ever. He hasn't. His favorite teams have always been here in Cleveland. Browns, the Cavs, you know, uh, the Indians. That's it. That's you it. You can even throw in our, our soccer team we had, the Cleveland Force. Oh, the Force, the Crunch. The, the only um, team, the only, you know what, when the Crunch came around, I really didn't follow soccer that much but then. Once the force disbanded, I didn't pay attention, and I have really haven't paid attention to the the monsters, the minor league hockey team. Other than that, now I've had surrogate teams. I've had teams that I've liked, other than the Browns. You know, I should like the Redskins, but I was never going to be like, you know, that that's my team. I, I should like I should like watching them play. I should like watching the Vikings play. I like, but I liked when I was a kid. I liked, and I told you this. I liked. Danny White. Um, I liked, um, you know, what Dallas were was doing back then. 
But I also actually liked uh, John Riggins. Uh, I like Joe Theismann. I like Joe Montana. So I always like like the teams that were doing really good. I, I loved uh, Lawrence Taylor. So I always had an affinity for certain, you know, guys that did really, really good, which made me like those teams that were winning at that time. Like I was rooting for Chicago back in the day when they won uh, their Super Bowl. I was rooting for them because I was aware of them. I wanted yeah. to see Walter Payton win a, a, a world championship. Yeah, and, it, and it was foul that Mike Dicker didn't let Walter get It was foul as hell that that dude did. He gave the refrigerator a touchdown and right. not, and not and him. Walter. That was crazy. Right. But that's what I mean. Like those types of situations, I just, I just love those spots. I loved watching Lawrence Taylor win a Super Bowl. I love, you know, you know, watching Joe Montana just well, listen, one of the best Super Bowls I ever saw in my life, two best Super Bowls I ever saw in my life was when I watched Cincinnati lose. <laughs> <laughs> best two Super Bowls ever. <laughs> yeah, that's the ultimate in, in, in petty. Yeah, I, I can't stand Cincinnati, and I'm so glad that they lost. Uh, in those two Super Bowls, and then watched a Super Bowl that they probably should have won, and then just watched Joe Montana <laughs> throw that little that little slant to Joe to uh, John Taylor that, that nobody could stop. Let nobody could stop. Nobody could stop those slants. Look, and it was well covered, by the way. It wasn't like he was wide open. It was a well covered play, and guess what? You couldn't stop it. Just what Sean said. Couldn't stop it. And we all knew that you couldn't stop it. We saw it setting up. We was all like, he about to throw this. Now, we all thought, honestly, he was going to throw it to uh, Jerry Rice. But he's like, oh, I got John Slater, uh, John Taylor on the slot. Boom. Boom. Touchdown. Yeah, game over. Game um, what, what thing, hey, man, before we go too far, we've got to give our game balls. Oh, let's give our game. game. So, and I didn't write anything down. I didn't take no notes. I didn't do anything. But my game balls go to um, Kendall Lamb, uh, Michael Dunn. That's a good one. And, and good what's one. the other one? The other guy, what's his name? Nance, the one that just showed up today. Yeah. Pretty much on the team bus or a team plane. Yep. So, because those guys today played a great game because Baker Mayfield was clean today. No sacks. Clean as hell. Um, he had a couple of hurries and maybe got knocked down a couple of times, but for the most part, he had a clean pocket. And normally Pittsburgh harasses Baker Mayfield to no end when he looks confused, but Baker looked confident today. He was tall in the pocket today. Um, so, and that's a testament to the offensive line. I'm going to give a game ball to Baker Mayfield. Um, let me see who else. Really nobody on defense, even though the couple guys made some plays. But um, but as far as my game balls, just to Baker, the offensive line, pretty much. And I'm going to give another one to the Cleveland Browns organization for getting their first playoff win. And I don't know how long. So shout out to Jimmy Haslam. Shout out to Andrew Barry. Uh, I'm glad to see Andrew Barry um, prospering right now. Yeah. Not too many black general managers yeah. in, in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so he's doing an excellent job. So shout out to him.
putting this thing together. And I think we are on our way, man. You know, it may not be this year, but I think we got all the pieces in place where we're going to be, you know, God forbid, you know, some type of freak injury to, to somebody or something like that, man. But I think that we got the core players in place, man, and we're going to be a problem in the league. We're going to be a problem. And we have, listen, and we still don't have the players that we need to have. Once we get the players that we need to have, y'all are all in trouble. And listen, this show, it's going to let y'all know. We're going to put y'all on notice. Exactly. <laughs> Once we so get the guys, it's going to be ugly. So my game balls uh, today, first, my first game ball is Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield played a great game today. He, he really was uh, very settled. Yeah, he still had that same zip on the ball, but he wasn't behind guys. A lot of the passes that were missed were guys just missing passes. Um, it wasn't him being all over the place. I'll be honest about that. We just saw guys just kind of miss some passes. But Baker had three touchdowns, 200, 250 yards? Let me see. Something like that. Like two, I think he was like 20 for 33. 263. Yeah. So that's right about where I expect any numbers for Baker to be. Uh, he threw 34 times. I told you I don't really like to see him throw over, over 30 times. But 30 to 35 times is about my max for him. And he did that. He was right within his window. He threw three touchdowns, no interceptions, and he actually led his team. So I got no issues with what I saw today. And Baker, that's my guy. Uh, they got to extend him. I'm, I'm not sure if they're going to extend him just for the option or if they're going to just fully extend him. But it only makes sense. You got a new coach, and now he's in the same offense going forward. It only makes sense. Uh, so I'm gonna give it to Bake. Uh, my first, uh, my first uh, game ball. My second game ball. I'm gonna give it to Jarvis, man. Listen, Jarvis was quiet. Jarvis wasn't like all over the place, but that first touchdown that Jarvis got. Can I say this? As soon as I saw who he threw that to, I, and I'm not talking about when I saw him catching and running. Right. I mean, when I saw when he threw that ball and I saw where he was throwing it to, I said out loud, that's a touchdown. I said that. And as soon as he caught that ball, it was like lightning in the bottom. This is what I was saying during our, uh, you know, uh, uh, our uh, midweek show. And this is what I've been saying about Jarvis and uh, OBJ over the course of the season. These guys are spatial guys. You got to get these guys in space. It's not about making them just run around and trying to beat a guy off. The Sometimes it's just about being smart, putting these guys in a spot that nobody right. can stop them in. And this is what I'm talking about. These two guys, when people tell me, oh, he can't play with OBJ, that's bullshit. If, if you can't play with two guys that can get into space whenever they want to and score touchdowns whenever they want, I don't, I don't know anything about that. So 
Jarvis had almost 100 yards a day, five catches. And he was Jarvis Landry today. Every time I saw him get up off the pile, he was spinning the ball. Every time I saw him make a catch, spinning the ball. Every time I saw him engage with somebody, he was pushing them dudes off of him. That's the dude that we draft, or not drafted, but that's the dude we traded for. We need that energy and we need that attitude. And he was a monster today. So thank you, uh, Jarvis Landry. And then MJ Stewart gets my third ball. MJ Stewart had nine tackles, an interception. He was all over the place. Yeah, he got beat a couple times today. But you know what? He's a backup. He ain't even supposed to be in those spots. That should never be what he's doing. That should never be what we expect for him to do. So for him to show up today and play as hard and as tough as he played, getting the pick, that was, an, that was a crucial pick. And we've been saying that. Sean, Sean has been a leader in our defense making plays and doing things that, you know, we haven't normally done. One of the things that makes our defense not so great is that we get these opportunities and we drop. You can't be an elite defense and you can't be even an almost good defense unless you cover those fumbles or strip the ball or make those interceptions. Right. John has actually been saying that all season because our, our defense was actually doing that early. And it made, I don't know if it made Sean feel like this, but Sean has been saying this, this all season long. The one thing I've said about our players, you know, the players that we talk about or give grief to or whatever, whatever, I'm also the same way with us on the show. When Sean points something out, I'm going to pay attention. Sean said this weeks ago, months ago. Today, these guys actually showed up, made every interception, made it almost made every tip ball that they should have. Because remember, in the uh in in our midweek show, I told you guys, Ben gets rid of the ball too quick. I'm not sure if they're gonna right. be able to get to him. Right. So they're gonna have to put their hands up. These guys got their hands up, and then these guys also made the interceptions. So it's kind of twofold. I was right, Sean was right too. Every single time that you get the opportunity to get your hands on the ball, you got to make that play. And this is what makes us relevant, folks. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't miss these things. We right. don't miss these things. We kind of get you said, That's why you should always tune in and get good analysis, fair and, unbi and unbiased analysis at that. You know, we're going to tell it straight. We're going to tell it like it is, no matter what. So if that's what you want, come check us out. If you come don't check want us that, out. come right. check us out. If you, if you John, want some, some, some look like a big teddy cupcake. Bear. Look, Sean look like a big teddy bear, but this dude is a plethora of information when it comes <laughs> to football. <laughs> he is, and, no and he's hardcore when it comes to being hardcore. So y'all can think he a big teddy bear, but this dude is incredible. And he checks me on my stuff. And anybody who knows me, you know how hard it is to check me on anything. 
Like, I feel like I got to come to the table correctly when Sean is involved. Because if I don't, Sean going to light me up. He's not going to even let me talk crazy because he knows that I ain't ready. So that's how this dynamic goes most of the time. And listen, I keep looking in the back of this thing and I keep seeing Ben Roethlisberger and it just keeps <laughs> making me smile. I keep smiling. <laughs> I keep smiling because I keep seeing Ben Roethlisberger back there crying. It is the most, this is the best night that I've had in a long time. I was getting ready to say the best night of my life. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. But it's a yeah, don't great say that because you, you do want to have a home, right? You want to have <laughs> a, a nice warm bed to sleep in every night. So you better. <laughs> I have been married. I have been married before. So I'm never gonna say this is the best night of my life. This is a this is the greatest night of my Browns fan existence, though. <laughs> I can't remember a time I felt this ecstatic about the Browns, bro. Like I'm just in a spot where I'm like, you know, uh, what did what did my man say? I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know. What to do. I don't. I don't. I still don't know what to do with myself. Right. We still we were going to go into this whole. We're going to break the whole game down. We can't. We no, can't. Plus. And what time is it, man? It's probably almost about 2.30 in the morning. It's 2 o'clock. Yeah, it's 2 o'clock. It's 2 o'clock. So, so we've been doing this for an hour and a half already. We 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 almost can't even. We did break the game down, though. We broke it down enough. But we, we you know, we didn't do it specifically like we thought. But, yeah, we broke the game down. I guess you know. I, think, I think everybody got an idea. Anybody who didn't see the game, I think they got a fair idea of uh Listen, of how I was going to talk about the first – half was over with in like the first four minutes. We were Literally. already up 21 nothing. 28 nothing. So what do you do from that point? So right. it's just, it's all downhill from there. Let's exactly. be honest. It was well, all look, downhill from there. Because we got another long night tomorrow night because the oh, Ohio yeah, State University listen, Ohio is State taking on Alabama Crimson side. And we're going to so, beat their ass tomorrow. I'm telling y'all. I think we are gonna, too. This has been one of those weird weekends where I'm like, you know what? It's us. And I think this is us again. I think the Browns, I thought the Browns were going to win. We picked, we both picked the Browns to win. Uh, and now here we are going into Old State. I think Ohio State's going to win too. So we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. We're going to take you guys out tomorrow. Not for no long time. Damn sure not for as long as we uh, kind of touched in with you guys tonight. Uh, we're going to go ahead and try to get out of here. Yeah, um, I got to get up early in the morning, America. I got to Yeah, we just got to ask and pray that everybody is safe. You know, let's stay away from the COVID. Let's be careful in terms of our driving. Uh, Sean, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here. I, you Definitely. Know, grateful for you, bro. Uh, for allowing us to, you know, take up your time because you could be asleep already. But here we are talking crazy and going off. I'm about to do it immediately as soon as we sign off. I'm going to get in this damn bed. Look, going off on random tangents just because. But uh, you know what? That's how excited we are, man. It's going to be a great uh, victory Monday. I have 
I, I literally, I don't know what to do with my hands. You see my hands? I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> my hands are all over the place. <laughs> all right. So, people, you can check us out on Facebook at two, two Guys in the Mic 216, Instagram, Two Guys in the Mic 216, all streaming platforms at Two Guys in the Mic. That's Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple iTunes, Anchor, and Spotify. So, we're going to sign off for tonight um go Buckeyes tomorrow go ahead and just make this whole uh and technically it ain't the weekend tomorrow we'll just make this sports weekend complete yeah we'll just finish. and beat up on we'll Alabama as as one of my favorite games would say uh Mortal Kombat finish it yeah exactly I know it says finish him but I'm saying finish it exactly it. we beat and, and we shout out to my finish. I just got Mortal Kombat 11 so I'm gonna crack that boy open this week listen my son my son my son don't know this, but he gonna get he he already got it at, at my at mom's house. Okay. We just weren't able to have our Christmas because of COVID. Oh, okay, you know? all right. So, yeah, listen, sounds good. Well, people, we're gonna bid you adieu. Bid you guys adieu. Thank you, Sean. Good again. night. Um, have a very good night. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Real quick, we're not gonna do a long show. Uh, if we lose tomorrow, if Ohio State loses tomorrow. We might just see y'all on Wednesday. Exactly. All right. All right. Peace out. Peace, man. Love y'all. Love you, bro. You've just listened to Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts, Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Please tune in for our midweek edition of our podcast. Until then, Peace.